You're listening to Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders. I'm Dan O'Brien, a research analyst at Eckerson Group. Today, I'm speaking with a fellow Eckerson research analyst, Jay Piccioneri, about his most recent report, Data Fabric, the next step in the evolution of data architectures. Jay has over 25 years of experience in data technology, including data warehousing, business intelligence, data quality, and data governance. Hi, Jay. Thanks for speaking with me today. Hey, Dan. Uh, pleasure to be with you. All right, let's hop into it. So what is data fabric? And do you know when the term was coined? Yeah, well, data fabric is an architectural approach for modern data environments, which are vast and diverse in both the format and the location of data, the volume and velocity at which uh, data comes in, and the old approaches of doing, of managing these environments manually have you know, they're no longer viable. So data fabric is a way of managing that those challenges through automation, metadata, AI, and ML ways of, of managing the data. The term was first coined somewhere in the 2016-2017 timeframe. It's, I think, most commonly associated with a, a Forrester researcher, but it's sort of taken on a life of its own since then. Okay. Fantastic. In your report, I uh, appreciated your discussion of what data fabric is not. There's a lot of terms that are thrown yeah. out these days. Can I ask you to compare data fabric with another new data architecture, data mesh? Well, sure. Yeah. So here's the thing. All the architectures that have been, you know, tried over the, uh, you know, over the many years of, of uh, dealing with data are fundamentally aimed at a couple of different common objectives, such as making data easier for people to use, which was often called democratizing data, and processing it faster. Uh, so data mesh and, and data fabric share these objectives. One of the main differences between them is, is more organizational than architectural. So data mesh uh, talks about distributing the responsibility for data to its to business domains or functional domains by that meaning the you know different areas of the business such as marketing and and sales and however a business divides itself up functionally the reason for this is that the assertion is that data should be managed by those who are closest to the data closest to the functional applications that create the data and closest to the people who need to understand what's happening in their functional world and thus have the greatest need for the data. So that's one aspect of the, of a difference, whereas data fabric doesn't make any, you know, doesn't make any statements about how you should organize yourself uh, as an, as a, as a company. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, the that. other significant difference is the implementation approach. So along with this domain oriented organization of in data mesh, comes a, a much more gr uh, granular and distributed way of managing the data itself. So Data Mesh talks about the concept of a data product, a data product being something that delivers value with data. And you know we've had data products for a long time, but the, the 
thinking of applying product management techniques to data is another aspect of data mesh that data fabric doesn't necessarily have a position on, right? Gotcha. Yeah. When you implement a data product in data mesh, you're implementing it as a self-contained unit. So data mesh says that the data product should be responsible for the pipeline aspects of pulling the product together, the metadata, the quality, and making the data product discoverable uh, and trustworthy for the, the cons data consuming uh, audience that it's it's trying to reach. And that means that it's on the it's on the shoulders of those in these functional domains as opposed to a centralized data team mm. to manage that product and make sure it does what it says it's going to do and that and that the the users can uh, can count on it to continue to work over time. Even though the functional systems under the covers may be changing, it's that domain team's responsibility to shield those changes as much as possible from, from the data consumers who rely on it. Again, Data Fabric doesn't make a statement on this. And by, by contrast, Data Fabric is much more of a centralized approach where it's still kind of working within the, the paradigm of a centralized data team and centralized IT and so forth to produce the systems that link data together into a fabric. So, you know, one of the ironies of, the, of these two terms is that, well, a fabric is a form of mesh, yeah. right? right? And a mesh is a form of fabric. So they have that in, some, in, in common uh, along with objectives. Gotcha. Fantastic. And so you said data fabric relies on metadata. Um, mm -hmm. And this also involves abstract data objects. It sounds like they could be maybe similar to like a data product in the sense that they're, they're this kind of important packaging. Could you describe for me a uh, abstract data object and its purpose? Yeah, so the, the principle of, a, of an abstracted data object is something, well, you know, first let's step back a moment to say, you know, what do we mean by abstraction, right? Abstraction is, is a, you know, a principle of uh, computer science that goes back to the beginning. And it simply means elevating certain aspects of, uh, in this case, of data and de-emphasizing others that are not relevant to the context in which the data is being used, right? So specifically, an abstracted data object is trying to, to de-emphasize the location and the format of the data so that the consumer doesn't have to worry about that, right? If the consumer sees an abstracted data object, which could be a raw data set from a stream, or it could be, you know, a table from a database, or it could be a, you know, a, a set of, of parquet files or whatever the, the nature of the data is, but they don't know anything about what's under the covers. What they're seeing is a data, a, a set of data that they can access and, and use in combination. And so that's, that's the abstraction. So you can have abstracted data objects, which are sort of mirror copies of a raw data set, or you can have abstracted data objects that are pre-combined, which is kind of more in, in the, you know, uh, in the, the way we think of things from the past, like a data warehouse, which takes many data sets and conforms them into say like a, a conformed customer dimension uh, or a, a sales fact that takes sales transactions from a number of different sources. The, the data fabric abstracted object concept allows you to do that either by creating virtualized objects or persistent objects that you, you probably have the need to do both. So, yeah. 
And so artificial intelligence is sweeping the data analytics world. Is artificial intelligence and machine learning techniques, are they core to data fabric or an accessory, something that can be built on top of it? So they are core to the data fabric in the sense that if you're one of your primary challenges is keeping up with the the volume and velocity of data, then managing it manually is just not feasible, right? So how do you automate those functions? So what what are we talking about here? A couple of examples are, you know, identifying a potentially sensitive data, PII data, PA, uh, you know, PHI, PCI. That can be done now. Uh, through automated processes of pattern matching and and you know automated profiling and so forth, and be able to say that when you ingest, let's say you're bringing on board a new data source from a, a new application, and you've already got a policy that says you know we're going to mask email addresses for a certain set of you know for everybody except for certain privileged roles. That's the kind of thing that can be automated, whereas before that had to be manually, you know, implemented one way or another either through code or tools or, or something. So that's an example of that. Um, and other other things like in in pipeline preparation, right? So if you want to empower, say, an analyst in, in the marketing department to build uh, their own data product, right, then they need a tool that can help them navigate the various data sources that they're going to pull together. And this is again where AI and, and ML come in that, that that those functions can evaluate the data, figure out how they join together and that you know even write the code uh, that can then be executed. And if the user is sophisticated enough, they can review the code and, and understand what's going on under the covers and modify it accordingly, either you know through a WYSIWYG development environment or directly in the code itself. Yeah, fantastic. So there's some clear benefits uh, of a data fabric. And would you say there are many like risks associated with data fabric, in particular, maybe the influence of AI, the implementation of it? Yeah, so I think the, you know, the hard parts of data fabric are the integration of many different tool sets, right? And the risks uh, associated with that are, you know, do you have the technical skill within your company to, to, to figure that out? Right. How do you integrate it with tools you already have? And you know, one of the most common risks for just about any IT initiative is biting off more than you can chew. So it's you know, start small and experiment and iterate and then, and then expand to more, more use cases and bringing on more data sets. Yeah. And that leads into the next question, which is you emphasize that data fabric is not a product. Can you say why that is? And is it possible that it will be offered as a product in the future? So that that statement may not be as true as it once was. Uh, and and I can think of at least one vendor that, that would argue that point, uh, you know, with gusto. But the reason why it's, it's, you know, we say that it's not a product is because it's really a matter of integrating a number of different products, right? You've, you've got uh, being able to connect to the data, being able to retrieve the data, you know, like a query engine, cataloging, pipeline development, 
these are all classes of products. And in a data fabric, you, you're basically making them work together in a coordinated way. That's the work of the product, of the, of the fabric rather. So, you know, the, it's, now there, there are product suites from different companies that, you know, traverse those different layers of the architecture. But that if you're doing a best of breed type of approach, or especially if you've already got a number of different products in, uh, implemented within the company, then, then that integration work becomes, you know, the, the heavy lifting of, of implementation. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Thank you for speaking with me today, Jay. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more, you can read Jay's report, Data Fabric, The Next Step in the Evolution of Data Architectures at our website, eckersongroup.com. And Jay, what is the best way for listeners to keep up with your work? So uh, I think the Eckerson Group uh, uh, website, eckersongroup.com. Uh, and if you look under the blogs uh, section, you'll see my blog and, and that lists blogs I write on these subjects, plus reports and webinars that, that we do. So I think that's, and then also on LinkedIn, I'm always posting on LinkedIn about, you know, chiming in on different conversations and, and posting questions and so forth about these subjects, because I'm interested in learning other people's opinions and, and experiences with them as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jay. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse to the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com.